1: dot FM to get started. Peace.
2: Welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley.
1: Good morning. My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and today is day 56, titled Lust, Anxiety, and Am I Really in Love?
2: If you're new here, welcome. We have over 270 episodes about all things relationship and marriage related, and we are here because we got through a crappy crap, and we want you to get through your crappy crap. That's right. Um, And as always, our show is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks. Right now, I am reading Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I have avoided that book, like The Plague. Really? Because it's old. It was written in 1922. Yep. And I was like, ew, boring, Boresville. And I am so in love with it. I, I... really haven't been reading it very long. Oh, it's an audiobook. Yeah. But the reason I'm talking about it is because it's freaking amazing. I want everybody to go read it, and you mm-hmm. can get a free audiobook when you visit audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. So thank yep. you, Audible, for supporting our show. Yeah, Thank you, Napoleon Hill, for writing an amazing book
1: I want to say that I read that book. I've read that book three times, three times, and I'm going to read it again. I'm going to start it again today because mm-hmm. it is so powerful. It's amazing. It is so very powerful, and it's almost romantic to me in a way. I know that sounds weird, but it's like, this makes Yeah, like the guy so whose son sense. had
2: no ears. It's so romantic.
1: <laughs> Oh,
2: <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's a Audible Visit audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get your free audiobook on us because we love for you to learn too.
1: That's right. Um, as as we, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, we read a review every day. I don't mm-hmm. know what we 200 what? I
1: was going to say 270 episodes. That is a lot of episodes. That is a lot of wisdom. That is a lot of growth that mm-hmm. we have had on our part. And we have shared that with you guys because we are continuing to make the podcast that we wish we had yes. years ago. And you know what? I'm uh, reframing this. I am wanting to make the podcast and create content that I wish I had now. Yeah, that's true. Because when we speak it, when we journal it, when we write it, when we talk about it, it's doing something for us. We're in it to win it for everything. Yeah, that's right. Um, And it's hard and sucks. It doesn't, it's not hard Sometimes. and it doesn't suck.
2: What a gift and a blessing. <laughs> I'm just saying it's
1: hard and it's real, that's all. But we're going to, uh, we're of course live on Facebook and Instagram. So send in your questions and we will answer them accordingly. And this
2: review of the day makes me super excited. It's at the very end, but don't cheat and follow okay. us. So go ahead and read it.
1: Okay, review of the day, five stars by Stephen Henning. Thanks, buddy. A semi-daily show worth listening to daily. I'm not sure. Just (laughs) keep talking. Being an avid podcast listener, probably addict, who has subscribed to over 200 shows, AOM was one of my favorite is one of the few shows that is always bumped to the top of my queue as soon as a new episode are up. The playful and energetic dynamic between hosts Melanie and Seth motivates me to take ownership of my emotional health so that I can show up to my marriage in the most healthy grounded way. From the highly produced season one and now their semi daily Q&A format, these two know how to normalize what is stigmatized, encourage those who are discouraged, and call the crap out that deserves to be exposed and remedied. Each episode is packed with good source material like Audiobooks, other podcasts, and articles that are all meant to motivate. Each conversation leaves me feeling inspired to change, uh, hopeful, inspired to change, hopeful for a deep and rich marriage, and excited for all sorts of bright futures. This podcast is worth more than catching the golden snitch in Quidditch. One hundred and fifty points and more to Gryffindor. Yay!
2: <laughs> Just the the Gryffindor points. That's Keep right. it going, people. If you rate and review the podcast, please tell me how many Gryffindor points we have earned.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
2: I am a total Harry Potter nerd, by funny. the way. <laughs> but I didn't read them as a child. I read them as an adult, which is even weirder. Even,
1: well, Slash I don't know. You and millions of other crillions of people. Hello, Joy, George. Good hey morning. Lo. What's up, Alex? <laughs> okay. Go right. ahead and read the first question. We're diving right in. Oh, okay. This is interesting.
2: I am excited about this one. I mean, it's a really crappy, hard question, but... I was excited about it. Mm -hmm. So it says, can a wife expect to be the exclusive desire of her husband or is that expectation too high? What is the difference between temptation, desire, and lust? I know the difference between temptation and lust, but where does desire fit into this? We've been married for 15 years. We have five kids and I found out that my husband has been using porn throughout our entire marriage and it's been hell trying to work this out. In trying to work through this, um, he said many hurtful things to me like men like skin. Get used to it. I have to convince myself every day that I am beautiful. I'm like salad. What, What? What? is good for me and healthy. And hot girls are like dessert. They're unhealthy and gluttonous. Um, he has said he's tempted every day by other women. Is this normal? He gets upset when I say I want to be his exclusive desire and basically says he's a man and that's not possible. I'll stop here because I could go on and on. I've not handled this perfectly by any means. Um, I'm very angry and pretty shut down to our relationship. I just don't know what my role is in this. I I don't really want to be close to a man or pursue a man that feels these things about me and other women. And somehow he's turned it all around and says he's the one that's hurt, and if I'd fix myself, all of our problems would get better, and our marriage would heal. Mm. He can be very sweet to me, but the last two and a half years, he has ruined my view of him and men in general. I am at a loss. He's an eight and I'm a nine on the Enneagram. I've always felt pretty run over in our marriage, but always just kept... kept the peace i feel like crap has hit the fan and now i'm putting my foot down and speaking up and now that he's crossed the line so to speak i've become very disenchanted with marriage and don't understand why men get married if they're just going to desire other women every day thank you for any help that you can give Mm. so this sucks and i'm really sorry and it is freaking so common it's terrible and i'm sorry for that as well But here's the thing that immediately came to my mind. In the very beginning of your question, you say, can a wife expect to be the exclusive desire of her husband, or is that too high? What's the difference between temptation, desire, and lust? So I looked up the definition of temptation, Mm -hmm. desire, and lust. And then I added a fourth one that I think is really missing in this conversation. The temptation of... Or the temptation. The definition of temptation is the desire to do something especially wrong or unwise. The definition of desire is strongly wish for or want something. The definition of lust is very strong sexual desire. So you mentioned those three words, desire, temptation, lust. The word you did not mention is commitment. Mm. The state or quality of being dedicated to a cause, activity, etc. Right? There's a difference with all of these things and Mm -hmm. the concept of commitment and how that plays a role in our marriages. What are your thoughts on that? My nose itches. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, okay. So let's talk about this. Like Melanie, I am sorry that's like 15 years and using porn the entire time. That is a big shock. And using an excuse like, "Well, I'm just a man, um, get used to it." That's that's that that is very. That's easy. That's too easy, right? So I'm not going to stand for that because that's like saying, "Oh, well, I." I don't know. Just insert I kind just of love lame, cotton
2: candy. Bring on the diabetes.
1: Lame. Insert lame excuse here or like normalized and culturized excuse, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, unfortunately, that is the norm, but it shouldn't be. And that's not the end all be all kind of thing. Um, let's see. I think that also his view of... His view of if you would just X, Y, Z, then I would just X, Y, Z. No. That's not very strong. That's not very powerful. That's not very sovereign, right?
2: I I keep thinking of, um, it's like, the Big Leap is a book that we have recently read. It's an, an Audible book. You can mm-hmm. get it on, on Audible. But it's called The Big Leap. And they talk about this concept of an upper limit problem, which mm-hmm. when I first heard it, I was like, this is a weird voodoo talk. What are we talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I just remember being like, I don't you think get everything
1: it. Everything is voodoo. I love
2: the word voodoo <laughs> and witchcraft. Okay. Stop
1: saying witchcraft. Why? Because I don't I like it. I think it's funny. Hey, Lily.
2: I mean, witches are real. We're not talking about that right now. Okay. And I love every 80s movie that has witches.
1: We're definitely not talking about that right now. (laughs) And Hercules.
2: Anyway, uh, Hercules has the witches. But anyway, so I think of um, the upper limit problem. And Mm -hmm. it is in the book, The Big Leap. I'm going to say it again because it's so good. Mm -hmm. The Big Leap, upper limit problem. By Gary Hendricks. By Gary, no, Gay Hendricks. Gay Hendricks, So the upper limit concept is, well... This is the highest standard. Let's say where my hand is. This is as high as I can ever go. Mm-hmm. So forget like getting to the fifth floor of a building. Mm-hmm. I will always be on the third. Mm-hmm. And anything above the third, nah. Uh, that's just too much.
1: It'd be nice to get there, but I yeah. don't see myself there. Yeah. Oh,
2: but my life's too hard, or I've had too hard of a childhood, or that's too much, or blah, la mm-hmm. And you limit yourself. You literally put a cap on how high you can go and what you can achieve and what you can do. Mm-hmm. Our upper limits are often things that are like, well, this is way easier than... Mm-hmm. Like, an upper limit in this situation is, well, marriage is hard. I'll just look at porn. Mm-hmm. So much easier. There it is. So that's the cap to which your husband will always get is the height of which he is. It's what is it? The something of our training is as far as we'll go. We
1: we always we, <laughs> we will perform. only perform or rise to the level of our training. Yes.
2: So your husband's level of training is exceptionally low, mm-hmm. and he's using it using that as a reason to not do the hard work of getting beyond that.
1: But also, as a therapist, I want to um, say, okay, what is this replacing? What is this getting? his mind off of what other anxiety, what other self-imposed shortcoming, what other trauma even, mm-hmm. you know what and, I'm saying? Yeah, and
2: we're definitely not saying that it's a validated a validated way to get his mind off no, of those things. No, but like we wanted- as
1: a therapist, I, I literally can't not think about, okay, well, what is the reason for this? which it drives me bonkers because I try to figure out my own stuff. I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. It's too much to think about. But mm-hmm. in other people, I can look at that objectively, right? Mm-hmm. So what is the reason for it? You know, what are, let's see, your reasons about being a nine and how does it feel? Because I'm a nine and I like died yesterday listening to the nine song thinking I gauge myself through other people's eyes, you know, mm-hmm. and which is like excruciating at times. So I can really understand this woman's, pain about mm-hmm. that, like, oh my goodness, like my husband doesn't even think this about me or like mm-hmm. his desire is not for me. Well, what does that mean for me? And that's really hard. So well, yeah. I think I think maybe foremostly, I would suggest you going to individual counseling and then also both of you going to couples counseling, probably through a different therapist. Sometimes that's more helpful, um, but just working through your own stuff isolated from your husband, even like, I don't I don't want you to talk about your husband's stuff. I want you to talk about your stuff as a nine and your feelings around this, and then also consider marriage counseling.
2: Yeah. And I would say, and this is going to sound weird, like it might, it might not be possible, but I want to throw this idea out there. Um, I am a seven, eight wing and I have a tendency to be like an eight When I'm (laughs) pissed, I like to say like that. Um, Yeah, that that is funny. I have a tendency to be that way when I'm angry. Mm -hmm. So I get it. I get what an aide is doing when they're like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I don't care about your world. I'm in my world, right? I Mm. get it. I get what your husband is probably thinking and feeling unfortunately uh but as a nine because you're trying to gauge everything on someone else's emotions you're worried about how they feel you're worried about how you're gonna make them feel Mm -hmm. um you're in this extremely powerless not intentionally but like i feel like you get this you you do this yeah where you're like this happened it's like just going oh i don't know and you just kind (sighs) of drop everything and go i don't even know what to do so i'm gonna tell you what to do and, and, if you, and if it doesn't work for you, that's totally fine. Just ignore my advice. It, I don't care if it works or not. I just think that it might be helpful. You will lay out what you want to see in your marriage. Don't worry about his feelings. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about what he's going to say back. Do it when he's not there. Use, you can even use the clearing structure at anatomyofmarriage.com. Click on the mm-hmm. tools of marriage icon thing on the middle of the screen, and uh, you will find the clearing structure. You can use the clearing structure, and you can say, these are the things that I want. You stop looking at porn. Draw that line. You can draw that line. It doesn't matter how he feels about it. You can say that's what you want, right? Don't look at porn. Don't tell me I'm the problem in our marriage anymore. Mm -hmm. Say it. I mean, I know that sucks and you're not going to want to, but you're at least telling him what you think and what you feel and what you want, right? You're not saying you're stupid. Mm -hmm. You did this. You're saying what you as a nine want. And And how
1: about this? Also, listen with the ears of you have permission to say what you want. Mm -hmm melanie is giving you permission right now i'm giving you permission right now and just like this podcast is like okay you know what i need to go back and listen to this and give my own self permission to do exactly what melanie is saying Mm -hmm. that sounds weird it's not like melanie has this whatever over me but as a nine i i need to give myself permission to do stuff at work to do stuff in the community to do stuff over here i need to give myself permission to give myself permission does that even sound crazy
2: no it sounds fine it sounds it makes sense and but i do want to address the desire for other women part of it oh right and like Another word I added as we were talking was accountability. So you had desire, temptation, lust. Those are your three words. My two words are commitment and accountability. If you want a healthy and thriving marriage, those are things you need. I don't care who you are, what you do, how much money you make, whatever. You need accountability and commitment. Or you're, or just do something different. <laughs> like, don't be married if that's right. not what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I do think the temptation to look at other people is always there. hmm If you feed a temptation, it will always be hungry for more, Mm -hmm. right? So your husband's saying, "What? I can't help it. It's because he's flipping feeding it, Mm -hmm. right? He can't help it because he's actually keeping it alive. Uh, Whether or not he thinks, I say thinks with air quotes, he can stop is his upper limit. I mean, it's his own deal. If he thinks he can't stop, he's not going to stop. You can't make him think he's going to stop. I
1: was in a counseling session with a person yesterday, and they were saying uh so i'm not gonna get into too many details but the idea of like well i can't do that i cannot do that i'm Mm -hmm. like you don't want to do that
2: Mm, and he was
1: like you're yeah that's exactly Mm -hmm. right i'm like i don't want to run five miles right now can i absolutely do it yes there is literally nothing stopping Mm -hmm. right it's not that you can't do that. You think you can't, but that's a lie. Mm-hmm. It's not even a lie. It's just like, you know, th- believing one plus one equals three. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you don't want to. That's yeah. all.
2: Yeah. And I think, too. So
1: I would say to this guy, it's like, no, you're not just, oh, a dude's being a dude. It's like, no, you don't want to change.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly and it. once
1: you admit that, okay, if you admit that, what does that even mean? Oh, I'm a crappy dude mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know. I'm not judging or anything yeah. but it's like do you want to not do that yeah
2: and i will as will say to the wife specifically you can, your identity is not in this problem right i know that sounds super weird oh i hate that sentence because i want i wish someone had Why said do that you hate to me it? what do you mean because when we went through all of the crap we went through like if you haven't listened to season one listen to season one because this is a this is like the inciting incident of our story Mm -hmm. as Seth admitted to lying and looking at pornography and I lost my freaking mind because my entire identity was what the church had made me believe. I am the apple of Seth's eye. I am the daughter of the king. Like, I'm so special. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I had no (laughs) basis of reality of like, oh, there are other beautiful women in this world and Seth might Mm -hmm. see one Mm -hmm. and he might have a thought about one, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I wish that someone had told me my identity was not wrapped up in what Seth's choices are. Like, Seth could choose right now to burn this apartment building down. Is it my fault? No. He could probably even make me think it's my fault, but it's not. Right. Like, my right. identity as a person is not wrapped up in that, what he does.
1: Like, we we as adults do this, but it is such childish thinking. Like, I could say, like, if I was mad that I burned the apartment down, I could say, you gave me the matches. You didn't hide the matches. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. you're, you're the one that bought the matches there was and a guy, brought them home from Yeah, the store. there was a
2: guy who was tearing flowers out of our apartment beds because he was mad at, like, his girlfriend on the phone the other night. Like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, I mean... Ding dong, knock and, it off. And I'm just thinking of, like, times when we have 100% said that. Absolutely. Those things, well, you shouldn't have... You, you, you didn't hide the matches. You I'm like, made me. I mean, and, and then I think about just the direct correlation to the childish thinking and like literally our kids Mm -hmm. our children your children if you have kids say things exactly like that Mm -hmm. and as a parent you're thinking you're on mars you have zero idea what you're talking about right and you want to get mad and all this stuff obviously that doesn't work or Uh is helpful but it's like childish thinking like if if you're if i'm blaming my wife for anything really i mean sure if she's like a crazy bee that is literally not nice to me or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like, Ugh, that sucks. Yeah. It make, it, it literally, it triggers feelings in me of like worthlessness or all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I say, well, went gambling. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm out of here, went cheated, mm-hmm. you know, or did whatever. Mm-hmm. It's because you didn't do that. You didn't stop mm-hmm. me. It's like, no, that's not how it works, people.
2: Yeah. So there's a lot in this question. Okay. Thank you for asking us really hard. There's comments in our thing. Somebody
1: says, he is 100% responsible for how he reacts to his surroundings He's He's blaming blaming her for porn, but she doesn't have a gun to his head. If he wants her to be better by his standards, maybe he can try facilitating. Yeah, kind of like cultivating you know, a relationship. I am the apple of Sessa. I am (laughs) the king. That's funny. Uh, Lily says, yes, makes so much sense. Deb Thomas says, I like how you guys are introducing other words. This isn't just about desire. It would be great for her to learn more about desire and arousal. Come Mm -hmm. as you are book by Emily Nagalski uh, to learn about desire. Yeah, high desire, low desire, Mm -hmm. brakes, accelerators. If you come to our thing tomorrow night, Deb will illustrate all these great points because she's awesome. Okay, (laughs) we
2: have a voicemail that we want to
0: play. Okay. Hi, thank you so much for your work. I have just learned about you and I've listened to probably 20... Uh, podcasts in a row over the last, maybe week, week and a half. So, thank you so much for your work. Um, I can't believe you have a voicemail uh, option. That's amazing. Um, my husband and I have been together for nine years, and he suffers uh, from anxiety, which he tried to address over 25 years ago. Um, and I believe that This is an issue in his life that may be holding him back from being as happy as he can, and it also affects our marriage sometimes as his anxiety keeps him from initiating um, things that have to do with small tasks around our house to large issues like
1: addressing money.
0: Um, So i am we've talked about this issue before. I've tried to be a supportive partner and not fix it because I can't. I realize that. And he uh, also has a lot of resistance around therapy of any kind, including pharmaceutical. So even though we've had this conversation, of, uh, you know, at different points in our marriage, and it seems to be a, a perennial issue um, and one that seems very important to um, address, I hate I hate for him to go through his whole life and not address anxiety in a way that helps him have the best life that he can. There go the best marriage that we can. Our marriage is great. Like, he's my soulmate, and I love him. And this issue is also concerning. Um, I'm seeking advice on how to be a, a, a great partner and also help him move through the anxiety that keeps him from addressing the anxiety, including the fact that he's just super smart and also um, resistant. Thank you all so much for your positivity. Um, and I just also want to say that... Um, in all honesty, even though I'm not of any religious faith and it's a little bit weird for me sometimes of praying, I appreciate how inclusive and um, just uh, welcoming and warm you are, and that doesn't weird me out at all. That might be a really strange way that I just said that. Sorry if it is. Um Thanks again. Bye.
2: So as she's saying, she wants advice on how to, she wants to be a great partner and help him. How do I walk through this anxiety with him and all of these things? So there was the very, very first thing that came to my mind was, having had anxiety like Mm -hmm. i think my family has anxiety like up and down and left and right and sideways and all day long it is like everywhere it's a
1: real simmering anxiety that i can see like like, in
2: all of my family like cousins uncles aunts like it, it
1: affects everything
2: everything so i i really think that um i didn't realize how much it was sort of pervasive in our entire family But the thing that anxiety does often is it freezes people's brains, right? So that's Mm -hmm. fight, flight, freeze, Mm -hmm. uh, flee or whatever. I don't even know. But so it's like we uh, anxiety kind of flips our lid, but it's not a freak out flip your lid. It's like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And you freeze because you have no idea what the next thing to do is. Mm -hmm. And you're scared. You're not afraid of a real thing. You're afraid of like a perceived thing. Mm -hmm. What if I get laughed at? Uh, this will feel uncomfortable. I'll just, I'll do nothing instead. Mm-hmm. And so if you're saying that this is causing your husband to not initiate with things like housework, mm-hmm. there could, it could literally be as simple as he doesn't know what to do, what's expected, when to do it, how to do it, that kind of, like, mm-hmm. it could be that simple because I guarantee you if I was saying to you, would you just clean more?
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then you tried, and I was like, I was not happy with how you cleaned or whatever. Which you is would be what like, happens
1: all the time. How about I just go
2: to work more? I know how to right. do that. Right. right. So, the very first thing, and this could be not even close to what you're talking about, but I think it's helpful anyway, mm-hmm. is to create an expectation, lovingly create an expectation. Mm-hmm. Things like charts are so helpful because the person doesn't have to think about what they need to do. They can look at the chart and go, oh, put socks away. Nailed it. Right. Uh, maybe it's load the dishwasher. Maybe, and it, this sounds, demeaning but it's not as extremely helpful mm-hmm. i make charts for myself and well it's, it's, all the time. it's
1: very direct there's no mm-hmm. question yes. in okay can it go this way or can it go this way not really because i've set a very clear path mm-hmm. of
2: what what i want this. yeah and what and and you can create this together this is mm-hmm. not a the wife does it the husband just follows the orders no right you create it together unless that is creating more anxiety some people so I used to be really bad at knowing how to do the thing that needed to be done. And mm-hmm. I would just do whatever came into my brain first, which is something we talked about this morning. Mm-hmm. And there's a su- like a superpower when you can harness and hone in on what actually is helpful at a moment. Mm-hmm. But when someone has anxiety, it's almost impossible. They're mm-hmm. like.
1: Okay. So I'm changing kind of a gear here because your interventions are very direct. This is one thought. I know. So One thought. I, as a therapist, I would want to take a solution-focused point of view here, and a tenant of solution-focused therapy is like, okay, has it worked before? And we ask the question, when was the problem not a problem? So in this case, hey, tell me about a time when your husband was not anxious. All right, what were the what what were the the what was the antecedent? You know, the first. 24 hours prior to that right what is what was the precursor to doing something successful oh well he wasn't anxious on a thursday like he got stuff done anxiety didn't come around okay what happened on monday tuesday wednesday before that right Mm -hmm. well maybe you know we were kind we were loving we had sex uh we had it was fairly low stress you know he didn't talk to his parents whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know but as a therapist i would ask a million questions into all of that okay and then once we figure those things out we try to recreate that okay thursday was good let's talk about things that we can do you know, in the next couple of days, to have another Thursday or to have a good mm-hmm. Saturday or it's, whatever. You're
2: essentially saying, how can we set him up for success to not have anxiety?
1: Well, how can you how can you replicate the things that happened that that equaled a non anxiety day?
2: Yes, yeah, that's helpful, and I think it can be journaling, uh, have like almost like a food journaling where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I ate this, I felt this, right exercise like writing down the things that on the good days what were they what was it right like did he jog did he eat well did he sleep well you could
1: you could think about it this way say like okay we had amazing sex right
2: we had amazing sex
1: okay so what was the precursor to that oh foreplay there was tons of foreplay oh and guess what the kids didn't freak out oh i was intentional and got some wine and you were intentional because you know um twelve hours before then you were thinking, Hey, it might be kind of cool to you know be intimate with my husband, you know so you were in the mindset, so you were we were we were putting on our, our accelerators mm-hmm. and taking off our brakes, yeah, and that could be a whole host of things. so you go, Oh yeah, man, that was awesome sex, okay What happened before mm-hmm. then let's replicate that Well, it's
2: like building a sturdy set of stairs up to the thing you want to achieve as opposed to trying to like ramshackle some stilts together and be like, I hope I don't fall. And then if you,
1: if you look at those things and it results in what you want, you can begin to build systems and patterns into creating that Mm -hmm. life, all those precursors, you know, one through nine that equals 10 and then have more tens. Yeah. And I
2: would say one thing too, is work to the strong points. Like give, uh, this is going to sound so weird, but like, uh, you're talking about anxiety a lot. Like, I don't know how to make him better. Blah, blah, blah. I want to be a helpful wife and set him up. What does he do really well already? Can we work mm-hmm. to his strengths and bolster his, uh, I don't know what the opposite of anxiety is. Bolster his peace mm-hmm. because we are working to his strengths. Right. I don't know if that made any sense. Yeah.
1: But- okay. I'm going to read some comments. Our minds literally can't think in the freeze mode. Yeah, you can't, mm-hmm. uh, establishing routines. Somebody says, "Yeah, Hey, Paul, Paul Nick too. Oh my gosh. My husband as a one is so good at this. Let's see, to the person with anxiety, it does not feel demeaning. It feels freeing to have something yes. like a chart. Yes,
2: thank you for saying that.
1: Christina says, always looking for solutions and prioritizing tasks. <laughs> okay. Read that one.
2: Uh, it says, I totally agree. I have had this conversation with my husband who also suffers from anxiety, and he has told me I don't see the house as a to-do list, but I am happy to help. Let's make a list of things that need done so when I have time, I can work on it. Yes, and mm-hmm. that's exa- it's, there's freedom in not having to think. Or come up with it. So our last question um, is, hi, Melanie and Seth. Thanks for hosting such a great show. You're welcome. I'd like to ask about the discussion you both had all the way back at the end of episode five in season one, where Seth was talking about his brain chemistry in the early years of our relationship. He said, it came as a shock. He said, I am not married, but I'm in committed relationship with my girlfriend of several years. We have recently been discussing marriage. I had a mental breakdown into, I had a mental spiral into anxiety and depression when we've talked about, trying to get married i don't even know how mm-hmm. i did that he said he, he's trying to pick up the pieces of that the trigger for this breakdown was guilt at his own brain chemistry that um he did not have like in experience the infatuation stage remember you talking about that in season
1: phenyl-ethylamine? one
2: the phenylethylamine, like dopamine right. and goodness mm-hmm. and we'll explain that in a minute it says um i found it really difficult to find any examples of people with the same or similar experience to his that made it work, and if possible, I'd love to hear Seth talk about more about this experience mm. and elaborate on how he eventually decided to get married. To okay,
1: me. so this is, and I th- I remember talking about this on season one, mm-hmm. and kind of being very curt and you and probably I made ran it really the risk funny though of hurting your feelings, you know, mm. and so um okay how how can I say this? And I th- I think that I have a, a fairly good understanding, and if you can understand it, you'd be like, oh, that's way better than. it it, it's not as bad as it sounds right so i dated a girl for like five years in college and like was really in love like right like the the just the like dummy kind of like whatever the
2: infatuation the
1: infatuation phenylethylamine kind of thing right Mm -hmm. and we dated for five years and i was like well i don't know get married but If it was really in love, then I would have thought of like, yes, marry this person, do what I can to marry this person, but that wasn't it at all, right? Yeah. And although I was like really, you know, I don't know, phenylethylamine, infatuated in love... I always felt in the back of my mind that marrying her would be a compromise, right? Uh-huh. And I think I've told you that before. I like, hope she's
2: not watching. <laughs>
1: well, I'm uh, hopefully kidding. she's happy with who she's with. Yeah. I don't know. Um, doesn't look like it, but I'm not sure. Oh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and so, uh-huh. like, that... <laughs> very unromantic here, but that kind of didn't really happen with us. The phenylethylamine like, infatuation yeah, stage like, did not happen. I I'll, I'll be honest. I think that you were very critical and sarcastic in the very early stages of our marriage. Not much has changed. And you were very rough and not nice. So you kind of wouldn't allow that to happen, but I think you felt it towards me, I guess. I'm not sure. But I knew it was like a, an easy decision to marry you, right? I like saw beyond all the whatever. It was like, yeah, I'm not infatuated or well, I was because, you know, but it, it wasn't from like previous relationships. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to explain. Well, okay, um, let me. But I didn't feel like, oh, I'm compromising when I marry you. It's like, no, why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. It's like, it was a very easy decision. It wasn't, well, it was, it was hard because other people were saying, no, you shouldn't, and that sucked, right? And I was like, oh, great. Um, but I knew like down in my very highest and best callings, like to be with you. Does that make sense? So So maybe that is romantic to you or whatever. Maybe. I'm not sure if it sounds romantic because it's basically like, I'm not in love, but I knew I should marry you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing that it makes me think of is the difference when you, the mindset change when you go to like a carnival and you're eating cotton candy and riding on rides and you're like, whatever, I'll eat anything. A Caramel Mm. apple? Sure. Mm. Elephant ear? Yeah. But then you're like, oh, actually, I want to be a serious adult and have like longevity. I'll eat salad and work out Mm -hmm. it's a totally different mindset Mm -hmm. and it doesn't require the like ooh of a carnival to like kick a in your diet Mm -hmm. right i don't Mm -hmm. know if that makes any sense or if that made sense but i think it's um it's interesting though because we did approach our dating relationship with intention on our very first date we sat down and we were like we're not going to if we're not going to get married, let's not do this at all. Mm-hmm. That was literally what we said, sitting at Lake Wilderness in Maple Valley on a mm-hmm. log. And we're like, if we're right. not going to get married, then I'm not going to date you. It's a waste of our time. He had spent five years dating someone he didn't marry. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a lot, right? And so there, there's a whole different element at play, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and, and another thing too, there's so many things to consider. Like there's pair bonding stuff. That's, that's a whole different, that's like the level after infatuation is mm-hmm. pair bonding, mm-hmm. growth, like, an, that's an actual scientific thing where right. you're like, we have these experiences together. It grows our long our longevity as a couple because mm-hmm. we've been through things, right? That's like people who go to war together. They have that pair bond, essentially it's, that...
1: It's galvanizing experiences that are not forgotten. It's mm-hmm. even, you know, you could think about like neuroplasticity and stuff. It's like, okay, this rewires your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, like, think about... Sometimes when you listen to a great podcast, our show, and you're cutting the grass or whatever, and we say something or something is said on a show, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, I, I can remember in, a, I don't know, dozens of podcasts, yeah. mm-hmm. not even hours, mm-hmm. that I'm like, I literally remember exactly what, what I, was I was looking doing, at. Yeah. I was cutting the grass and there was a, you know, <laughs> the the right left tire, right, right rear tire was kind of flat, but I remember them talking about that thing. Yeah. and and you you remember mm-hmm. very specifically
2: mm-hmm. yeah and that's just like the 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 chemistry of how bonding works right, right. so that is more important than the infatuation stage and Inf- th- people get addicted to infatuation stages and they cyclically date everyone or right. two years. Right. That's the thing that happens too. So, I mean, don't look at yourself and be like, Oh, I don't have the infatuation stage. I must not love my girlfriend. Right. Right. Unless you really don't love your girlfriend, then set her free. Right. If you don't, if you have no intention of getting married to her, it's okay. Yeah, No big deal. Mm-hmm. Like Seth's not mad that he didn't get married to the last lady he dated. Right. I mean, it's life. Right. And I know how that sounds, kn- how do you
1: know I'm not mad? i don't know (laughs) Um, but i
2: think it's important to think of it that way and there's uh there's a lot to the conversation it's not just the infatuation part but actually uh, again like you said because he asked very specifically how did you know you wanted to get married like what advice would you give him if he was how
1: did i know Mm -hmm. (laughs) this isn't going to be helpful i didn't (laughs) so sorry like i talk to young people all the time like in counseling and stuff what and, made you
2: en- get uh, engaged then? What made you propose? You bought a ring. Some th- somebody knew what was up. Was it the uh,
1: Lord? <laughs> the Lord. The Lord. Um, so hold on. Let me finish my thought. Like I talk to young people all the time. And like I remember being young and having so much anxiety of like, where do I got to go to school? I got to get a job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Ugh. But I don't know. I, I don't feel like I had teachers as a young person to be like, slow down, mm-hmm. man. Things are going to work out, okay? Trust in yourself. Mm -hmm. Trust in your higher power. For me, it was God, right? Like, hey, things are going to be Okay, you will be taken care of, right? Mm. You know, um, be still and know that I am God, subtract it all the way down to be. Mm. You just have to be. Oh, wow. Okay, that's big. So like in marrying you, it was like, this is the right next step. Like we're talking with our coach right Mm. now. Mm -hmm. What is the right next step? I can do a million things. I didn't have to get married. I could date a thousand people. It Mm -hmm. didn't matter. I was in a band. Easy, right? Mm -hmm. So what is the right next step? I felt that that was the right next step. Mm-hmm. Other people may not have felt that, but I did for me. Yeah. And then it was kind of almost an easy decision. There was a lot of turmoil around it and a lot of back and forth. Not really back and forth, like, call off the wedding. Like I don't remember ever saying that. You I,
2: did try to reschedule no, the wedding.
1: Reschedule, not call off the wedding. I was like, I don't know. what Things were whatever. But um, – I don't know where I was going with that. Infatuation doesn't mean love. Yes, I agree with that. Let's see. Uh, A list works better than a nag. Oh, Oh, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding? Melanie didn't know that. That's a person named
2: Paul, not a woman. Boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that um, going back to the marriage thing, there's an element of knowing how assured you are in yourself and your choices that is a part to play here. Mm -hmm. And the way that I grew up is that my dad was... uh, my parents were both like, you'll be fine, no matter what. Like, mm. if you get addicted to drugs, you'll have somewhere to go. If you don't go to college, you'll be fine. I want you to go to college, but you'll be right. fine. Like, there was this whole, like... Well, that sounds somewhat the enabling. Universe- no. my The universe has your back a little bit, is how my parents Rachel were. Rachel Hollis? Not Rachel Hollis. Come on. Gabby Bernstein. Get it right. Oh. Um, but I think there's something to be said about how you feel about yourself and your own choices and your ability to make them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I don't know that that's helpful. But anyway, regardless, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Thank you for the question, though. Yeah. Um, and y'all, seriously, send us your questions. You can go to anatomy of, or hello at Anatomy of Marriage or you can Facebook them to us, Instagram them to us.
1: Yes. Okay. So every like literal thousands of people who will hear this podcast because we see the numbers, which is awesome. When you're writing questions,
2: Make them shorter. <laughs> Make
1: them a little bit shorter. I'm not saying anything to these questions today, but it does take a long time to read. And as a therapist, I want to know the backstory. And I've probably mm-hmm. like prompted you to say, well, I don't know the backstory. And as a therapist, I can't really, you know, you assess say this the whole time. situation. Yeah. Well, that's how I think. But, Let's make it short and sweet because we are getting so many emails that sometimes we can't respond to all of them. We want to res- we want to answer the questions on the show, mm-hmm. and you can help us do that by...
2: Being concise.
1: Being concise. Which I know is really and hard, and we're not trying to be... No, we're not trying to be weirdos, you know? And if you're really having a huge problem or whatever, write it. I'll mm-hmm. read it. That, yeah. That's fine. Another thing, too, uh, is to get ah, into Christina, our... Christina, no, we're not talking about you. That, it's Don't, we're not, we're not now, all that, the so. nines
2: are going to be like oh my email was too long
1: right uh, that's that's why I'm <laughs> saying okay it's fine we want to no, know, no, no, no. You.
2: Um, but also another great thing too is be in our men's and women's groups our mm-hmm. Facebook pages because these are great places to share all of that people want to read right. all of that it's just that we can't read it on the show as concisely because we're terrible readers but yeah. um, it would be really amazing for you guys to be in our Facebook groups our private groups and to share and to encourage one another on which is awesome to see yeah
1: and so, you want to know what I just thought of and holy cow, thirty eight minutes. Jeez, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> we can talk. So maybe we should do a couple of like live streams of tomorrow night's AUM Seattle meetup. You yeah, know, I don't know. Just a little kind of like stuff. I'm sure Paul <laughs> will be live streaming. I hope he's, Paul brought his audio. He, he's right so there. awesome. And um, maybe do a live podcast or something like that just to like let you guys know how much fun we're having and that you should come to our events. Someone
2: wrote twos. Yep. I felt like my review was too long. <laughs> 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 nope. <laughs> That's not what we mean. No.
1: Um, no. But yeah. So. and
2: Another thing too we want to mention before we wrap up is that we are getting our premarital series all tidied up and with the bows on it to mm-hmm. sell and to get out into this world and we're super Super excited about it, and we suck at marketing and promoting. We're just not good at it. That's mm-hmm. why we got a coach, and mm-hmm. so we want to share with you that we are working on that. So, if you have recently married friends, engaged friends, people mm-hmm. who are considering getting married, this uh, video series and it's an entire podcast season, y'all—seven plus hours of an actual podcast that no one else is getting access to. That's so, right. you've got to buy the work. The um, pre, it's called the best premarital series ever. Uh, you have to get that to get the podcast season. We'll probably sell it individually in case yeah, you just want yeah. the podcast season, but it's so cool. We're going to air a, an interview with our the people who did this show with us, Ryan and Krista. Mm-hmm. They were our like test subjects, <laughs> our guinea pigs, uh, but it's really exciting. We want to share it with you and kind of get it into your brain because it's coming out very soon. We're uh-huh. super jazzed about it.
1: Okay. One thing. So, um, the, and I was planning to do this to give the location away, but I wanted to track it through email and stuff. So, we are meeting at a place called Ryan House. In Seattle. Seattle. Seattle, right? And it's a German place. Say it and right. Reinhardt. right? R H I N E H A U S. Reinhardt, Seattle. So that's where it is. Let's see. Uh, She's Real Retreat that's where it is and let's see i think that's all yeah um so getting fomo since i can't make it to the thing (laughs) hey that's okay so
2: we'll try to make videos (laughs) yeah
1: yeah well a lot of people want to see it so they'll tune in
2: the rhein house is real we've been to the one in tacoma so i don't know how different they are but it was so freaking fun like you can play bocce ball you can play shuffleboard you can have giant steins of beer and huge pretzels with amazing sauce
1: it'll be like we're in germany yes so it'll be fun so all right um the old Von Trapps. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think that is the place. So it's in Seattle, Ryan, Ryan Haas, Seattle. Ryan you can go to com if you want to check it out to see what you're missing. But and you have
2: to sign up because we had to get reservations. Seattle is a very busy city. And that's right. So if right. you so don't sign up, you're going to be outside on the street. All right.
1: We there. love you guys. And tune in tomorrow for tomorrow morning show. And then tune in tomorrow night. Hey, Mariner. So, we love you guys. Stay awesome. Go to anatomyofmarriage.com for more info. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye.
0: <laughs>